Hey guys, Mark Clark here. Glad you're watching this. Um, the new normal is crazy. And so we've all been told to stay away from each other. And so that's what we're doing. So hopefully you're doing okay out there in the midst of this. Um, man, just a special word to you who are stressed out and anxious. Um, know that God has you. Know that God is good. He's in control. He's a good father. And uh, sometimes we can't understand why these things happen. Uh, but we know that it's not because he doesn't care, because he showed us that in Jesus, who showed up and suffered uh, anxiety and stress and pain himself. And so we hold on to him. And uh, man, if you're uh, new to watching this kind of stuff um, or new to me, uh, hey, uh, glad that you're watching this and um, hope to be able to speak to you pretty regularly, maybe every day, maybe every couple days. Whatever it is, kind of repurpose my home office into a studio so I could speak to you, to my church, Village Church, to be able to bring teaching uh, ideas and we hope to have some fun too. So I'm going to use this uh, avenue. I'm going to be doing YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and all of that to be able to speak directly to you uh, about whatever, kind of whatever comes up, questions, Q&A. We're going to do a bit of that right now. Um, Bible teaching, theology stuff, apologetics, leadership, um, fun stuff, whatever comes to mind. When you talk about movies or food or whatever's going on, uh, give some social commentary at a time like this. Kind of maybe give you a little uh, news snippets. Not that you're not watching that all the time. Man, um, what a uh, interesting couple of weeks. Everything's been repurposed. Our um, staff at Village Church is just so... Uh, on point. Um, everybody in every department's like, let me call the church. Let me make sure everybody's doing good. And and so uh, that's what we're doing. And uh, yeah, so it's an interesting season uh, to be a follower of Jesus. And to be honest, I think, uh, man, uh, Jesus gives us such a beautiful calling in moments like this to be the church, to actually uh, love and serve people. He, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, and in my sermon uh, this coming Sunday, join us uh, online. I'm going to be talking about six things that God wants to tell you right now in the moment of crisis and stress and anxiety that we have. What in the midst of the, all the noise that we could be hearing? What does the Bible actually want to say to you? What does God actually want to say? Even if you're not a believer, um, what does God actually want to tell you in this? And uh, I was thinking about the fact that Jesus, uh, in the midst of his life, um, got stressed. And actually was sweating uh, just before he died, said, Lord, I want you to take this cup from me. And uh, he, he experienced that in his life. So it's not, um, it's not ungodly, um, but it is something that uh, can be put in context where uh, we know that we follow a God and we come under a God who's in control. And uh, that's what the scriptures constantly teach us and that he's good. And so we, we go through life, we kind of face one day at a time. I think one of the problems we sometimes have is we think of, uh, things too much or we're like we think we would try to borrow problems from tomorrow and bring it in today and Jesus clearly teaches us not to do that so anyway we'll be talking about all of that and a whole lot more so uh, let me jump into uh, the questions. I'm kind of just opening Instagram here. I'd asked you guys a little bit ago, share your questions uh, and see what we got. And so I'm just going to kind of fire through these uh, really quick and we'll all do kinds of all kinds of different stuff. I'm going to, I have some people that I want to interview uh, to be able to bring you that content in uh, over the next few days. So I'm going to be doing that, but um give you some Bible teaching and um, you know, uh, what does it actually look like? to follow Jesus now and kind of be talking about that day in and day out and, and, and kind of what, what, what does it actually feel like? I mean, it's kind of funny 
for me to be working from home because um, my beautiful family, they homeschool and they've been doing, they kind of got their groove going and now I'm in it. And so it's like, hey guys, what's going on? What are we doing with this? And they're like, I think my wife, the first morning, it was two hours, you know, in and she was like, I just love Mark being home. I just love it so much. I can't believe, because I'm like, hey, what's going on around here? I'm just totally messing everything up. So anyways, we're all living through that in different ways. Um, but uh, make sure that you, um, uh, we have a newsletter as a church. Um, go on thisisvillagechurch.com and because we're going to be giving you guys uh, opportunities to actually serve people. So if this is part of your thing, you actually want to help people, we're going to give you opportunities for that. But let's go through some of these questions. What do we got? Um, uh, this the first time I've seen any of these. So, um, which is kind of the way I like to do it because if I don't know, I'll just say I don't know. Thoughts around values, behaviors, idols of humans uh, being reset for betterment. Wow. Uh, that's a, that's a heavy question. Um, yeah, around the idea of, of if our idols and if the priorities of our life were comfort and security, those have been pushed a little bit, right? And so now it's like, how do I actually follow Jesus and kind of take this idol of my heart, which is the, my, my family, security, comfort, uh, big things, shiny things. And now there's a different priority, which is, um, okay, what am I gonna do with my life? If all, what if all those things were to go away? Not that they are, but what if they were? Then what is life about? Uh, when the foundations get destroyed, you know, what do the righteous do, the psalmist says. And so I think one of the key issues is we get reset for betterment when we reset our heart on Jesus. Uh, and all of those things can take a second and third place in our life. So um, respond, uh, do you ever get stage fright when doing a sermon, um, uh, not really, uh, but it's because I've, uh, you know, hopefully to that point I've worked hard enough um, that uh, I kind of know what I'm going to say. And I knew in the early days, I used to get stage fright, but I knew in the early days that if I did it enough, if I said yes enough to every gig I could possibly get my hands on, then maybe one day I wouldn't be nervous. And so that's what I did. And, uh, and yeah, I would, I would take gigs where I'd be preaching in front of like a, a space in a mall and I'd be talking about stuff and it'd be like wind would be blowing around, no one would be listening. And it's like, if I can do enough of these, then I won't be nervous, you know, one day, whatever. So um, are you afraid of getting COVID and what is a good Bible verse about not having fear? Yeah, had a had a Bible verse open um, that uh, we were, I was doing a, another um, uh, video about for our church and uh Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. And it's probably something you've heard um, around. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. So literally um, what God gives us is a sound mind in the midst of, of fear because he says, I've got you, I'm good. Your salvation is in me. And once we start to know that and we kind of wrap ourselves around Jesus, who transcends every circumstance of life, every moment of anxiety and fear from the external, I find that you and I, um, we're a generation um, that has a lot of internal chaos, but we haven't lived through a lot of external chaos. And so the external chaos, which is now just stuff we can't control. And we're like, what do we actually do with it? And now we're finding, okay, how do I find peace in the midst of external chaos that's coming at me and the early church was living through that. And Paul's writing to that and saying, hey, in the midst of this crisis, know that we're, our, our, our identity's rooted in him. And so um, are you afraid of getting it? Uh, I'm afraid of getting it. Fear wouldn't be um, the right word. I, 
I am trying to isolate myself and stay away from people and doing, you know, out in public to help other people, first and foremost, who have a higher capacity or higher likelihood to die from it or to get seriously ill from it um, uh, than me. And so trying to be a good neighbor, which is, I think, what Jesus calls us to do and what I see a lot of Christians doing. And we got to we got to like get the get the. Uh, get the numbers down and the only way to do that is by social distancing and isolating ourselves and so all the data is saying that across the board and if we don't i would rather err on the side of overreacting especially given the fact that we can we have the luxury to actually do this in a moment like this given technology and other things and so uh, we should be doing it as a culture so i'm not afraid of getting it um I'd be afraid of continuing being part of the problem. And I don't think the, the church needs to be part of the solution to these kind of things. And so, uh, uh, hello, Mitch Watts says, would love to have you out for a podcast. Talk about your book, Christianity. Sure, let's do it. Get in touch with me. I got nothing else to do. Huh. Yeah, right. Uh, what advice do you have for someone fresh out of college pursuing vocational ministry? Study hard, uh, even though you're done school. Uh, read, 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 work hard, uh, get in, get in the context of a ministry setting and start doing practical things because college seminary, they teach you things cognitively, but they don't teach you how to manage well. They don't teach you how to be a good leader. They don't teach you the practical details of actually how to, you know, um, how do you interact with people? How do you man work with people and expectations and the actual practical work of ministry get doing it. And the more you do it, the better you're going to be. Did Jesus do his miracles as God or as a man filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, I'm not sure the New Testament makes a distinction between those two things. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke has a big emphasis on the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Luke and Acts, you know, those two volumes of Luke, Luke wrote both. Um, they're constantly focused on the Holy Spirit, right? From um, chapter one and two of Luke all the way to the end in chapter 28 of Acts, it's constantly on about the Holy Spirit did this, Holy Spirit did that. And there's an emphasis, but some of the other gospels don't have as much of an emphasis. And, and it's just focusing on God, you know, Jesus was God incarnate. He forgave sin. Uh, he claimed to be, you know, exist before the world began. I am that I am. He took these, you know, names on himself, these roles on himself that only God had. Um, and he was doing that in the world and he would be healing people and doing all of that. And the New Testament doesn't always stop and, and go, now he's doing this because he's filled the Holy Spirit. Uh, it kind of frames it as he's doing this because this is what he can do because of his identity as God. So I'm not sure it makes all those distinctions uh, all the time. So uh, how can we encourage people to look to God and the Bible for reassurance versus social media? Um, that's a great question. It's all about timing. How much time are you spending reading the scriptures, praying, being part of a uh, church community, even virtually, versus just scrolling news feeds and getting yourself all, all jacked up. I remember listening to a guy, uh, he was dealing with cancer, and he wrote an article called Don't Waste Your Cancer. And one of the principles of not wasting your cancer in the sense of not being overwhelmed by it, if you get that diagnosis in life, as a Christian, is he said, do you spend more time reading about the, your cancer than you do reading about the promises of God in the scriptures, because that's gonna mess with your soul. And so I would say it's the same thing with this. Do you spend more time reading about the promises of God or scrolling social media feeds to get the latest updates on COVID and coronavirus and all of that? Um, I'm not a big reader, but want to read more. What are some recommendations? 
Oh, man. Uh, I sometimes hate this question because I don't know what kind of person you are. I don't know what your, you know, what your passions are. So it's kind of, uh, you know, relative. Um, but Mere Christianity is uh, maybe my favorite book of all time. Anything C.S. Lewis is brilliant. Um, Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Anything by uh, Tim Keller, um, James K.A. Smith, N.T. Wright, um, uh, uh, Nancy Piercy. Um, there's, there's, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, um, there's a bunch of stuff. It depends what your, um, kind of, uh, passion is. So, and maybe ask it and, 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 and kind of hone it in a little bit more. Is it leadership? Is it psychology? Is that kind of stuff? Or is it theology and, and all of that? Um, uh, could you walk out the tension of the doctrine of election, uh, and the problem of hell? Um, oh man, that, that. I think that deserves a whole other day. Um, the tension of election is that the Bible says that in the book of Exodus, for instance, 10 times um, uh, Pharaoh hardened his own heart, and then 10 times it says that God hardened his heart. And the reason he did it was so that he might glorify himself because that's the story of the Bible. Um, the tension of hell is that some passages, the, the hell exists. I mean, that's part of the problem of hell. Uh, and that Jesus taught on it, and it was a reality and uh and people go there but why do they go there um because they kick against uh the grace of god in the natural world enough that their hearts become hardened that they want to choose it over and over and over again uh and they do and they go on choosing it for the rest of time and so uh we could spend a whole podcast on that and maybe we will uh when this coronavirus pandemic calms you coming out so we can golf again johnny oh of course, I would love to. In fact, golfing might be a way to social distance ourselves from everybody else. So let's set it up. I'm just kidding. Don't make comments. I'm joking. How do we Christians help lead the fight versus human-induced climate change and pollution? It's interesting. In the news today or yesterday, they were talking about how the canals uh, in Venice have totally cleared up. And how the pollution in China, a lot of it's cleared up. People are like, oh, what's that? Is that the sun? That's crazy. Um, because we've had, they've had to shut down production. The cruise ships aren't going and, um, and all the boats through Venice. So it's very interesting. We have obviously impacted the environment in huge ways. And, um, and it's an interesting tension to think about. I think Christians need to kind of think about you know, God is going to redeem the earth. You know, he's going to redeem the world. That's what Romans 8 says. That's what Revelation 21, 22 says. He says, I'm going to make all things new, not I'm going to make all new things, as one writer has said. So we should actually be part of the kingdom coming now on earth as it is in heaven and actually being part of the restoration plan versus being part of the destruction plan. All of that needs to be Christian ethic and always has been. Um, and so we need to constantly be thinking about ways that we can, of course, build local economies, make sure people have jobs and so on, but also do it in a way that doesn't totally destroy, you know, the good thing that God created. So um, uh, can we start a 24-7 uh, prayer chain? I know that Village is doing a bunch of prayer things. We're going to be coming out with a bunch of initiatives. So pay attention to that in the newsletter. We're going to talk about that. Um the Patriot or Braveheart, and what is your favorite Mel Gibson movie? Okay, that's an interesting question. Wow. Um, the, uh, I definitely Braveheart over The Patriot. Uh, and favorite Mel Gibson movie. I mean, you can't kind of beat Braveheart. Passion of the Christ as a director, I would say, is pretty powerful. Um, and, uh, you know, Lethal Weapons are obviously brilliant. So, uh, But you, you probably got to go with Braveheart if, if you're talking about one that Mel Gibson is actually in. 
Um, how are you? No, really, how are you doing? Yeah, doing well. Um, family's doing well and just um, busy uh, trying to figure out how uh, to shepherd our church and speak to our church and the world, uh, teach the Bible, uh, reach people for Jesus uh, in the new normal. And so uh, at a staff level, caring for them, reorganizing how we do things, how we're communicating and all of that. And so uh, trying to do that. So busy doing a lot of that. Uh, would appreciate your prayers as we make a thousand decisions a day. We're having a lot of Zoom meetings right now. Um, and we're trying to help other churches too. So other people are getting in touch with me. What do you do with this? What do you do with that? We're talking to other churches and there's a bit of, everyone's trying to make it up as we go. But my bigger concern is you and your families and how you're feeling and doing and any way we can help, uh, let me know. Um, what is the best way to memorize a sermon? Uh, just work on it. Memorize, memorize, memorize. Uh, time, time, time. Staring at the document, preaching it out loud over and over. I used to spend uh, a three and a half hours preaching it out loud, um, and then I would sit and memorize the document all night. Now Saturday night, I, I build the document and I memorize it. I build it Thursday and Friday memorizing it Saturday and then so that I'm up at five o'clock memorizing it again so that when I'm up there I'm not needing it um so uh yeah so just it's just a lot of hard work and staring at it probably more work than most uh, of us want to put in which is why you kind of hate the sermon by the time you get up and uh and preach it uh what's your thoughts on the return of Jesus uh do you think it's soon um man that's another big huge topic too uh the return of Jesus isn't, I don't think it's soon. I mean, my theology would say it could be any time. It could be before this uh, this uh, video is over. Uh, or it could be 200,000 years or 3 million years from now. I don't know. I don't think the Bible gives us a map and goes, look for this and look for that. And now, you know, people say, well, there's plagues and totally, but there was those for 2,000 years and there was those for thousands of years before that. And so I think the big question is whether we're living in the end or not, um, how are we faithful to Jesus in the midst of whatever pressure and time we feel? It's like, the, it's like when Jesus is writing to the early church and he's like in Revelation you know, 1 to 3, and he's like, you're going to feel this pressure. Who gets to the end? They're the ones who get, get, the, the, get the crown. You know, they get the reward because they were faithful to the end in the midst of the pressure. It wasn't just a quick decision they made at summer camp one day and then on with it. It was they made it to the end. And I, I love to give the analogy of, of marriage. It's like any, any moron can get married. It's like, how do you actually get to the last day? That's the most important day in regard to your marriage is the last day. So how did you do with that? How did you love and serve your spouse to, so, you know, so you were flourishing in the last day? Um, my church is still planning on having a service on Sunday and many disagree. What should I do? Man, all the data is saying don't be gathering with people. Um, I mean, the a lot of laws are saying you can't gather with um, more than 50, I think, right now. I, I mean, it's getting updated all the time in Canada. Um, I know some states are 10, but assuming your church is more than 10 people, gathering together in groups right now is not a thing. Uh, we're trying to help, you know, kill the spread of this thing 
Um, and so we got to pay attention and say, hey, for the love of other people, uh, don't gather. So I would say don't gather, even if your church is gathering. Uh, watch it online, or if they don't have it online, watch another church online. And go back to that church once they start gathering again. But I think it's um, it's a little tone deaf to gather as a church right now. Um, and and it's, it's silly theologically if it's like, hey, we're... We're people, you know, who believe in God versus viruses and all this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, that's uh, that's not a thing. Who's your pick for the greatest golfer of all time? Obviously, the GOAT, uh, Tiger Woods. Um, favorite books, kind of talked about those already. Um, okay, let me do one more. Uh, I love you, Mark Clark. You're my hero. Oh, Sienna Clark. Thank you for that. That's great. Uh, <laughs> skateboarding and being a Christian, sure, you can do that. Uh, if you like, that's great. Um, uh, how do you know if you're truly, you've truly received forgiveness from God? Um, what a great question and a way to end. Jesus says that if uh, we repent of sin and we believe in his finished work on the cross for us, uh, and that we really believe it from our, we believe in our heart that Jesus rose from the dead. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that those things only happen because the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so there's an assurance of that because all of our sins were in the future when Jesus died. And so um, he died for sin once for all, never to be, a, you know, the need of another uh, sacrifice. And so um, when we look back, that's what he was dying for in that moment. He said, it is finished. So we don't need to try to earn it. It's not the cross plus. It's not the gospel plus. It's not, the gr it's not grace plus. Um, it's literally the grace of God, undeserved favor because of the finished work of Jesus. And if we love that and trust to that and treasure that, then the only reason we do that is because that's the Holy Spirit's work in our life and that's how we can know. And so, okay, um, love you guys and uh, keep, uh, keep asking questions when I throw that out to you and we will see you uh, on the next show, whether that's tomorrow or the next day, whatever it is. Keep well, uh, keep safe, and we'll see you soon.